this term's last seminar. My name is Alina Kilch, for those of you who don't know me, I'm standing up for Wynn today, who had to go to a meeting. And um, I'd like to present Jennifer Flashman, who's uh, today's presenter. Um, she's a postdoctoral prize research fellow at Nuffield College and joined Nuffield this term uh, from UCLA, where she um, finished her PhD recently. And uh, her PhD was on um, friendship and how that affects education and on sort of adolescent Americans' friendship group choices, how they evolve and change, and then how um, friendship groups affect educational outcomes. Uh, but she's also looked at um, gender differences in college attendance and college completion over time. Uh, but I think today we'll be on friendship. So. Yeah. yeah. Welcome. Thanks. <clears throat> yes, today's um, all about friendship. Um, and it's all about race. Um, and after a conversation uh, last week uh, about race and sort of how how we measure race and racial categories and ethnic categories um, in, in the UK and uh, in the US, um, uh, I'd like to just preface this by saying that um, we're talking about the US today. Um, and what we generally talk about in terms of racial categories are um, sort of African-American, black, white, uh, Asian, Native American, and then we have this ethnicity category, uh, Hispanic or Latino. And so today I'm really going to talk about uh, black, white, and Latino uh, groups. Um, and I know that's somewhat different than the racial and ethnic categories that, that are used in the UK. Um, so I just want to sort of start it off by that. Um, I just need to acknowledge a couple of people. So this work was supported by a dissertation grant by, from AERA. And, uh, also one from NIH, um, and I just want to thank Rob Mayer and the UCLA Research Group on Demography, Family, and Certification for their help with this project. Um, so in the US, um, there's quite a bit of racial segregation in schools. Um, so just over, uh, on average, black students uh, attend schools that are just over 40% black. Um, Latino students attend schools that are uh, just over 40% Latino, and white students uh, attend schools that are uh, almost 70% white. So there's a lot of racial segregation um, in schools. Uh, there's a lot, also a lot of racial segregation in friendships. So 70% uh, of black adolescents' friends are black. Um, Almost 60% of Latino adolescents' friends are Latino. Um, and 90% of white adolescents' friends are white. Um, and so not only are schools segregated, but friendships are segregated. And friendships seem to be somewhat more segregated than schools. Uh, so you might ask, well, why are friendships so segregated by race? Well, obviously, schools are segregated by race. And if schools structure your friendships, uh, then attending a school that's racially segregated, so a white person attending a school that's 50% white versus a school that's 100% white, I mean, obviously the, the, the student has fewer opportunities to choose uh, other race friends when you attend a school that's very white than when you attend a school that's not very white. And as we know from the first slide, white students mostly attend schools that are predominantly white. Um, and so you would expect them to, in general, choose friends that are predominantly white. So. Part of this has to do with patterns of segregation and exposure to different racial groups. Um, you might also expect that um, exposure to different racial groups affects 
the preferences that adolescents have sort of net of their opportunities to choose different race friends. Um, and these differences in preferences uh, might result from different levels of exposure, exposure and could help to explain some of the patterns of racial segregation we see in friendships. Not all of them, because you'd expect the opportunity and the racial composition of schools to affect some of it, but some of it might be affected by uh, the exposure that they have affecting their preferences. So this paper is all about how racial composition of schools affects the preferences of adolescents for different race friends, sort of net of their opportunities to choose different race friends. Um, there's several theories about sort of how uh, exposure to different race individuals um, should affect your preferences. Um, I'm just going to talk about two of them here. Uh, so the first is contact theory, um, which suggests that exposure to uh, individuals um, from other racial and ethnic groups um, will counter negative stereotypes and change attitudes and opinions in positive ways. So that uh, the more exposure you have to people of other races, uh, the more likely you would be to choose friends from other races because you see that they're just like you and there aren't any problems. Uh, so, you know, yay, we can have different race friends and it's not a problem. Um, group threat theory, on the other hand, would sort of predict the, op the opposite. Um, which is that contact between different racial groups will lead to greater competition for resources and power. So you could imagine a school environment and uh, <clears throat> in a sort of racially heterogeneous school, uh, the more contact between um, these racial groups is going to lead to competition between them to control student government or uh, to uh, get attention from the teachers and staff, whatever. Um, and that's going to increase the antagonism between the groups and lead to greater, pre greater preferences for same race friends. So these two theories sort of uh, work against each other, one predicting that contact's going to increase preferences for different race friends, and the other predicting that contact's going to decrease preferences for different race friends and increase preferences for same race friends. Which I've just said here. Okay. So there, there is actually a small body of work um, that uses uh, choice models to account for the different opportunities that adolescents have to choose different race friends. So trying to get at what their preferences are and how they vary by school racial composition. So this research uh, basically shows that the likelihood of forming cross-race friendships varies by a school's racial composition. Um, and the, so the size of the population of a given racial group in a school is negatively related to that group's probability of being nominated as a friend. So, for example, if you're a white student in a school um, that doesn't have very many white students, uh, you're, you have a strong preference for white friends. Um, and as the proportion of white students in the school increases, your preference for white friends declines. Um, and that can be shown really nicely. So the next two graphs are actually taken from other people's papers. Um, so this graph shows the uh, odds of choosing an own group friend uh, by race and by school racial composition. So among whites, as, as whites become sort of more prevalent in the school, you can't really see the difference between those bars, but they're different colors. Um, they're less likely to choose an own race friend. So white kids are less likely to choose a white friend in schools um, that are 60 to 100% white. Um, 
and the same is true of blacks. So as the ratio, as the this, the percent black in the school increases, uh, black students are uh, less likely to choose an own group friend. So this is from Quillian Campbell, 2003. Um, and we see a really similar pattern uh, with, from this, this other paper, um, which is about, uh, this shows racial heterogeneity and the odds of choosing a same race friend. Uh, and so in schools that are not very racially heterogeneous, uh, you have a very small odds of choosing uh, a same race friend. And as racial heterogeneity increases, uh, you're more likely to choose a same race friend. Um, so these are interesting results, and they seem to suggest that um, there's this, uh, this negative relationship between school racial composition and preferences for same race friends. Uh, if I said that right, maybe. Um, which is to say that, um, that as you increase for a white kid in a white school, um, they, don't want a white, they don't want white friends. But as you get them into a, a school that's less white, they're more apt to choose uh, non-white friends. Um, so these, these papers, uh, so I just showed you two examples, there are several others um, that find very similar patterns. Um, and these paper, papers I'll use discrete choice models um, to uh, model the preference that adolescents have for different race friends and same race friends, um, net of the opportunities that they have within the school to choose them. So what these models are essentially doing is uh, taking the friendships that are chosen and comparing them to the friendships that aren't chosen uh, so that the unit of analysis is that the friendship dyad and the de dependent variable is the choice of who's chosen as a friend as opposed to um, sort of an individual level analysis. Um, so if you are interested in sort of how this is set up, it's sort of like a, an individual fixed effects model um, where you have individual one, and then all the possible, in this world where there are four people, um, all the possible uh, friends they could have in the school. And for this individual one, they choose the first friend. Uh, that first, this individual is black, and that friend is black. Um, and that's sort of how we can narrow down who they could have chosen um, and who they did choose. So this is really great, because it can account for the opportunities um, that adolescents have to choose friends from different racial backgrounds. Um, however, there's a really important assumption with these models um, called the IIA assumption, which is that choices are independent of irrelevant alternatives. So what does that mean? <laughs> that means that the relative odds of choosing any two alternatives are independent of the attributes and availability of any other alternatives. So for example, if I have the choice of two possible friends, uh, and I'm basically saying, do I want to choose person X or person Y, right? Um, I'm going to always make the same choice. I will always choose person X, uh, whether or not person Z is there or not. So when I'm just comparing X and Y, I'm always choosing X. Um, and that's the assumption that's made with these models. I always choose X even if Z is there or A or B or C. It doesn't matter. I'm always going to choose X. Um, so I think that this is actually violated. And here's a really simple demonstration of how this has been violated. Um, and please stop me and ask a question if this is confusing or uh, you have a question. Um, OK, so we're making paired comparisons 
of one person to another. Who are we going to choose, person X or person Y? So if we imagine an, an individual uh, who has an equal preference for black and white friends, right? So you've got 0.5 probability of choosing black friend, 0.5 choosing white friend. Okay, so we make that pair comparison, the odds are one. Okay. That's really straightforward and that's correct, right? You know, we, we know that you have an equal preference. This is all good. Okay, let's imagine now that we have a second identical black individual in the choice set. So this person only cares about race um, and they want, uh, and they have an equal preference for black and white friends. So if that's the case, then they're gonna distribute this, this 0.5 preference to the two black people in the choice set. So that, you know, you're going to choose that white friend with the probability of 0.5 and that black person with the probability of 0.25 and that black person with the probability of 0.25. Um, so overall, you have a 0.5 probability of choosing black friend and a 0.5 probability of choosing white friend. Um, but because there are two black friends, it's distributed among them. Um, but then we look at these paired comparisons, right? Um, and so... It looks here like we prefer the white individual over the black individual when we compare that black person and that specific white person. Uh, and the same is true for that black person and that white person. Um, so this is just, uh, if you didn't like the people up there, we can, we can talk about it in terms of numbers. <laughs> so for these two, uh, so, so we can start with the, the, where we have in the left column the number of black kids, the number of white kids, the probability of choosing each black and each white, and then the odds of the black versus the white. So again, we're still dealing with the person who has an equal preference for black and white friends. Um, but as you can see, if you increase the number of black kids, of possible black friends, um, it looks like we prefer a white, the white friend to the black friends. And then if you increase the number of white kids, uh, it looks like we prefer the black friends over the white friends. Um, and then if you have an equal proportion of each, then we get the right answer. Um, so it looks as though uh, the estimation of the preference really does depend on sort of who's included in the choice set. Uh, and as I increase the number of sort of the same black kid in the school, um, in, the, in the choice set, the preference for that alternative appears to decline, even though the preference itself hasn't changed. We just sort of set that as it's 0 0.5, 0 0.5. Um, so what this means is that if adolescents have racial preferences for friends, um, students in schools with large black populations should appear to prefer white friends um, and students in schools with large white populations should appear to prefer black friends because, again, this preference is sort of being distributed across them. Um, so as a result, the results that I showed you earlier could just be an artifact of these violations of IIA um, as opposed to sort of the actual preferences that people have. So there's maybe a simple solution. Um, which is just to make each identical alternative look as if it's the only one in that type so that when the, you make these paired comparisons between the black and the white, 
uh, it looks like we're just comparing you know, 0.5 and 0.5 uh, as opposed to distributing that 0.5 across the black possibilities. So uh, a way to do this is to include a term as an offset uh, to weight up the identical alternatives um, so that it looks like there's only one alternative of that type. Um, so if you have four identical friend alternatives, each is given a weight of one over, the log of one over four. Uh, okay, so we're gonna start by just looking at some simulated data to try and convince ourselves that this is right, <laughs> rather than just sort of take it for what it is, right? Um, so you might ask, why, why would we simulate data and use hypothetical data rather than just move on to the, to the real data? Um, so with real data, um, we don't know what their preferences are. That's why, that's why we're estimating them. Um, and so as a result, we can't know whether those estimates are correct, um, unbiased or biased. Um, and what we really want to know is whether those results are biased. And so we can make up a set of data. We can simulate some data and set the preferences so we know exactly what we should find and then use to the model to show whether bias is introduced through the estimation strategy. Um, so we're not getting any closer to knowing the actual preferences of black and white kids and Latino kids um, and different racial compositions in the US. However, we are learning something about the model and whether it biases uh, results. Okay, so it's very simple. Um, and again, I think you can make this more complicated and something that I intend to do in the future and haven't gotten to yet um, is to sort of make this simulation more complicated to think about sort of different contingencies. Um, but so imagine a thousand people, 500 are black, 500 are white. Um, and all the white kids have the same preferences, all the black kids have the same preferences. Um, uh, the white kids choose white friends 80% uh, of the time, so they have a 0.8 probability of choosing a white friend, 0.2 probability of choosing a black friend. Um, and the black kids uh, have a 0.3 probability of choosing a white friend and a 0.7 probability of choosing a black friend. Okay, so this is sort of, they, these are their preferences, it's completely independent of their schools or everything. This is, this is what they want. Okay, so we put them in two schools. Um, there's one school that's 80% black, there are 400 black kids and 100 white kids, and a second school that's 80% white with 100 black kids and 400 white kids. Uh, so the idea here is that the racial compositions of the schools that these kids attend differ, but their preferences are exactly the same across the schools. So this is, this is what things should look like, okay? Um, so then this is what we estimate when there's no correction. Uh, there's kind of, so this is the pr predicted probability of choosing a black friend. Um, so in all schools, uh, we have a slight underestimate of the black preferences for black friends and a slight overestimate of white preferences for white friends. Okay, these two. Um, when we just look, separate the schools so that we just look at the black school, it should just be one school because there's, there are just two of them, um, and the white school, uh, we see in the black school a real underestimate of preferences for black friends. Uh, and in the white school, a real overestimate for preferences, of preferences for white friends. So it's kind of striking how different the estimated effects are, or estimated preferences are from the, uh, what you would expect the preferences to be. 
black schools, then both black and white friends are underestimated. Both. So because so the, the idea is basically that in these black schools, right? So even though the black and the white kids have different preferences, right? Um, the white kids are rare and the black kids are many. Um, and so even the small preference that white kids have for the black, for black friends um, is distributed across those many black friends, whereas their preference for white friends is, is not as distributed. Does, does that make any sense? So, so the fact that they have a preference, um, that preference is distributed, and as a result, it's underestimated, and it's gonna be underestimated for everyone. So whoever is plentiful in the school, so if there are a lot of black kids in the school, you're always gonna estimate, underestimate preferences for black kids. And if there are a lot of white kids in the school, you're always gonna underestimate preferences for white kids. So regardless of uh, how strong the preference is to begin with, you're always gonna underestimate. Um, okay, so then we add this correction, and it's beautiful, right? It's really nice. Um, and you can't really see the difference in those colors, but you saw the contrast there. Um, so it really does seem to work if you just sort of reweight each of these alternatives, the identical alternatives, so that when we make these paired comparisons, they're the right paired comparisons. Um, so that's some suggestion that, that maybe this will work. Maybe it will work. Uh, there's, you know, there are some caveats, which is that this is, this is a very simple-minded world, right? Where we have a preference for one thing only, which is race, uh, and it's sort of nice and neat. Uh, the real world isn't so nice and neat. <laughs> um, and so there's still some question, I think, about whether this kind of uh, correction is gonna um, provide sort of the best estimates um, in the real world. Um, and I think one way to get at that is to complicate the fake world, um, which, again, is something that I hope to do in the future. Uh, but let's move forward and let's talk about the real data and sort of see how this correction works with the real data. Okay, we've gone through that. Okay, so the data that, are, that I use are the same data that the other people used um, that I showed from the previous research. Uh, it's data from the National Longitudinal Study of Adolescent Health. Um, this is a very complicated data set, um, but very nice. Uh, so 144 schools were sampled throughout the US, a nationally representative sample. Um, and in those schools, almost everyone uh, took the in-school survey. So you have this nice sample of 90,118 7th to 12th graders uh, in 94, 95. Um, and another really wonderful thing about it is that each of those 90,000 students were asked to nominate their five closest male friends and their five closest female friends. Um, now, because everyone nominated their friends, we can link up uh, me, the respondent, to Crystal, my friend that I nominated, uh, and I can know her characteristics from her survey rather than a report from my survey. Um, there are several other waves of the survey. This is my like generic ad health slide. Um, there's several other waves of the survey. Um, I'm really focusing just on this cross-section. Um, 
there's probably sort of more stuff that can be exploited in the later waves. But again, um, this cross-section is really nice because we have an essential census of every single school that was surveyed, whereas the other ones are samples. Okay, so we have to make some assumptions to, to really think that we uh, are talking about uh, preferences as opposed to just choices. Um, and so the major assumption here is that this no the nominated friends are the students' preferred friends. Now that's a pretty big assumption. Um, so the main reason why it's a really big assumption is that these nominated friends are really revealed preferences and they're not necessarily actual preferences. So um, imagine person A, they prefer person C as a friend. But C really doesn't like them. It's tough for A. Um, and so they don't want to be A's friend. Um, and so as a result, A is like, well, okay, fine, I'll settle for B. Um, and A likes B well enough, but really would rather be friends with C. Um, so in this analysis, I'm basically treating B as A's preference, even though C is really A's preference. Um, and that's problematic because we're, we're just not going to observe that, that C preference because uh, friendships are sort of two-sided and two people get to make a choice. And if the other person doesn't want to be my friend, um, you know, tough luck for me, um, and we're not going to see it. Uh, one thing that's very nice about this data, however, is that um, nominations are not required to be reciprocated. So I could write down C, you know, if I was, it, it says, yeah, write down your five closest male friends, your five closest female friends, write it down, write. But maybe, maybe as I write it down, I'm like, well, I will be that person's friend once I convince them that I'm that cool. Uh, and so, you know, maybe I write down C anyways, because it's sort of, I really want to be C's friend, you know? That's who I aspire to be friends with. So uh, <laughs> this really nice thing about the nominations not being reciprocated uh, means that um, actually a large number <laughs> of the no friendship nominations are not reciprocated. So 60% of them are not reciprocated. Now some of that you would imagine uh, is due to measurement error, um, people sort of running out of space to write down their friends, things like that. Um, but I think you can make an argument that some of it, uh, some of it is actually them sort of writing down their friend aspirations or who they'd like to be friends with, uh, or sort of maybe they kind of know them and would really like to be better friends with them and so write them down. Um, so there's a lot of sort of, it's unclear and we can talk more about uh, whether we really think we've captured any preferences or what we what we really have here. Um, but so I just want to be upfront about this. Um, and in fact, uh, as we speak, there's some models running uh, that weren't done in time uh, <laughs> that just look at the unreciprocated nominations of adolescents um, rather than uh, the reciprocated and unreciprocated nominations. So you might think of what we have right now as some combination of preferred and sort of actual friends. Okay, so 
just briefly get down to the data. So these are the proportion of same race friends by school racial composition um, for white, black, and Latino students. So even in schools that are have very few of your own race, uh, people seem to uh, choose a lot of friends sort of belonging to that racial category. This is just the choices. This is like what exists in the data. This is just descriptive, okay? So among black, uh, among white students, uh, like 65% of their friendships are with white kids in schools that are zero to 10% white. Um, and in schools that are 60 to 100% white, over 90% are, uh, are same race friendships. Uh, Latino students is somewhat different. It's kind of interesting um, where they actually don't choose very many same race friends uh, when they're in a school that doesn't have very many of them in it. Um, you know, make of it what you will. But you see a general pattern, which is that as you increase the proportion of kids of your race in the school, you're more likely to choose those kids as your friends. So this is just what they actually choose. Okay, so now let's model these choices. Um, before we get into the results, it's important to note that there are other things that are correlated with race um, that might affect friendship choice. And so what we see as sort of uh, a preference for uh, a particular race might really be some other preference just sort of interacting with race. So uh, in these models, um, I control for SES through a measure of parental education, uh, academic achievement, and this sort of odd notion of school engagement. Yeah? Why didn't you control for age? Um, I actually have age controlled for with grade level. Okay. Um, so yeah, we'll get to those proximity measures because those are really important. Um, so these are just sort of things that might be correlated with race, um, and I'm happy to entertain suggestions of other things. Um, but then there's, there's also the question of proximity, right? Um, so if black and white kids sort of have contact with different people within the school, um, you might expect them to choose different friends because you're just more likely to choose a friend who you come in contact with a lot. Um, so the best measures of this in the data are grade level, so which is uh, essentially um, a measure of, of age. Um, and uh, belonging to various clubs and sports teams. So those are sort of separated out. And so the question is whether uh, whether the individual belongs to that team and then whether you, the respondent and your possible friend uh, belong to the same one. Right, so if, if both of you play football, um, you're probably more likely to be friends. But you might also just be more likely to choose someone as a friend who plays football because they're popular or something. Um, so let's try and get some, a bit of that. Um, and then I add a couple of network characteristics, um, but don't fully account for the network, so this is something that we can again talk about later, um, where we account for uh, reciprocity in the friendship relationship, um, and then transitivity. So reciprocity is just, um, do you nominate me as a friend? Um, and then transitivity is, do we have um, a friend in common? So I, it's just a very simple dummy variable, do you have a friend in common? Um, so the idea here is that we're getting at some of the confounding things that might impact your friendship choices. Um, 
that are related to race. Okay, so we're going to start with this one. Um, so this is showing the predicted probability of choosing a same race friend. And we've got the corrected and the uncorrected. But the corrected's on the left. Yes, on the left. Um, so if we look at the uncorrected predicted probabilities, um, these are schools that are 0 to 10% of the person's own race. Um, black and Latino students, it looks like we have an overestimate of their preference for their same race friends. Um, for white students, it seems to be relatively similar, uh, corrected versus uncorrected. Um, one, one reason why that might be is because there are just very few people, very few white kids who are in schools like this. This is very odd. Um, and as a result, I'm not the most confident in those predictions. Um, but black and Latino, uh, it suggests that we have an overestimate of their preferences, or rather, yes, an overestimate of their preferences when we don't correct the model. And, uh, and then when we correct it, uh, black kids uh, have a point, almost 0.5 preference for a black friend and Latinos is quite small. Um, if we look at schools that are 10 to 30% your own race, uh, the corrections change again, um, whereas blacks it seems to be a sort of consistent estimate. Um, among Latino students, um, the corrected predicted probability uh, is lower than the uncorrected, um, and the whites increase slightly. Uh, okay, so when we get to 30 to 60 percent own race, basically we're seeing this pattern where um, as you increase the number of people of your race in the school, the uncorrected models provide an underestimate um, of what your preference is. So the corrected models all increase the predicted probability of choosing a same race friend um, when we get to these schools that are uh, more heavily your own race. So these are kind of unpleasant to look at, and so I created um, some nice graphs. So this is before the correction. These are the uncorrected uh, probabilities of choosing a same race friend. Um, and we see a very similar pattern um, to what we saw with the um, earlier studies, which is it's clearest with the black students um, a decline in the preference uh, for same race friends as the uh, proportion black in the school increases. Um, and then we see a serious reversal in these preferences um, with the correction, where um, all students uh, are more likely to choose uh, a same race friend as the proportion of that race in the school increases. So, just to wrap up, and I'm really early, so maybe that means I just talk really fast. Um, I apologize for that. Um, basically, it looks like the uncorrected models sort of confirm the findings from the past research, which is that increased exposure to other racial groups uh, increases preferences for your own racial group. Um, in the corrected models, there we see really the reverse, uh, where increased exposure to other groups increases preferences for other groups. Uh, so what, what are we going to make of that? Well, I mean, I guess the implication of this is that, at least in the US, 
uh, efforts to integrate schools racially would potentially will lead to greater exposure to other racial groups, uh, strong preferences for different race friends, and potentially more interracial friendships. Um, so that all seems very positive. That's, you know, if you buy this correction. And again, like I said, I think the, it, it feels very clear in the simulation, but uh, the real world is much more complicated than that. <laughs> um, and, you know, maybe we don't have it quite right, but maybe there's something here, some tweaking that needs to be done. But I think it seems like there's something here to suggest that we don't have it quite right in the, in the other research that we've looked at. Um, but there's still some really difficult questions that are up in the air. So within schools, there are different opportunities um, to choose friends across race. So uh, in the US, it doesn't happen very formally, but there are, is a certain form of tracking or streaming where different individuals take sort of different level courses. And if uh, most of the black kids end up taking the lowest level courses and most of the white kids take the highest level courses, then there's not a lot of interracial mixing in that sense. There's not a lot of exposure. And so maybe um, this is having an impact on some of the estimates. Um, and it affects these opportunities, and that's very important. There's still the question of, do we really have choice, of, do we really have preferences here, or are we really talking about choices? Um, so I mean, I think looking at the unreciprocated friendships, as opposed to all of the friendships, may help with this. Um, but I think you can still, if we haven't fully accounted for the opportunities within the school, such as the different ability levels, et cetera, and the course taking, uh, then maybe we still have choices or some odd combination of choices and preferences because we haven't fully accounted for these opportunities. Um, again, friendships are two-sided. So not only do I get to choose you, but you have to choose me. Um, and then again, this complicates sort of what, what these friendship nominations really mean. Um, and then there's this nice little thing about friendships outside of the school. So. Uh, if people make friends in their neighborhoods, they all go to the same school, but mostly they make they like hang out in their neighborhoods, uh, then if neighborhoods are racially segregated, even if your school is integrated, all of your friends are in your neighborhood, so you hang out with them at school, uh, and so you're not really being exposed to different race friends in the end, because, or even different race possible friends, because you've limited your exposure to whoever lives in your neighborhood, or something like that. Um, so that's, I think, a really important feature of friendships and sort of this analysis, which is very school-based. But in some communities, uh, friendships are not school-based, they are neighborhood-based. Um, and that could have real serious implications, I think, for any discussion of friendship choice. Um, and then finally, um, network structure isn't fully accounted for in these models. These aren't network models. Um, I, you know, I made an attempt at trying to capture some of it. Um, but, you know, if, for example, transitivity is really important, um, if I initially choose a friend based on race, but then all the rest of my friends are just based on my friend's friends, and that person also initially chose one person based on race and everyone else based on their friend's friends, then you're going to end up with these really interesting racially segregated friendships, but the preference wasn't that strong for a race, for 
uh, a same race friend. But because of the connection between the transitive ties, it looks like it is. Um, and so that's not fully captured here and something to try and deal with in the future. Um, and I think that's, that's everything.